He is tall and silly and friend-shaped. And he has like the most upbeat nature and he's just trying his best out there. And I don't think he deserves hardly any of the criticism that he gets for trying his little Gungan best all the time. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dagobah Dispatch. Misa, so happy you're here. That's <laughs> that's because this week on the podcast, we have a very special guest who is here to defend the honor of arguably the most ridiculed character in the history of pop culture. Yes, I'm talking about Jar Jar Binks. And I'm also talking about EW's Emlyn Travis, who will be joining us to explain why Jar Jar is not an embarrassment of epic proportions. Will she sway minds and change hearts? We shall find out. And we will also find out about her very special connection to the Star Wars franchise, one that uh, transcends Gungans who were outlawed for being, and I quote, clumsy. But first, let's welcome in my partners in podcasting crime. Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan are here. Lauren Morgan, who was on the receiving end of some very angry Slack messages from yours truly regarding Star Wars <laughs> over the weekend. While I was in the shop, right, trying to shop, uh, Dalton decided to start hitting me up with some book I, book thoughts. So I'm arguing with him in the produce aisle with uh, with him about. This. Yeah, I was getting a little little. I, I was finishing up. Do you guys ever? Am I the only one dumb enough to do this? Like, ever finish a book that you just think is really bad, but you? Keep reading it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, some things where people are like, this is really good. And I'm reading, I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. What are we reading? Yeah. But the book you're talking about, I don't think is that It was bad. the Star Wars so, Convergence book. And and I was getting, I was literally like, I was taking pictures of like passages in the book and sending them to Lauren. I was like, how can you defend this? <laughs> <laughs> how can you defend this? And I'm like, it's romantic writing in Star Wars. There's a low bar. And we're arguing over the Amazon rating from it. And I'm just like, are you just not a romantic fan, like roman a fan of romance? Because I'm going to narc Maureen Linker on you. Well, because then that's what I think it is. I think he has a cold, cold. Wow. He doesn't like babies and he doesn't like romance. No, I don't have a cold heart. I have no heart. Uh, I And I was <laughs> thinking about it after Lauren said that. I was like, well, you just don't like romance. And I mm -hmm. was like, point scored. Uh, I don't like romance. <laughs> but it, it also made me think about like that no Star Wars books for the most part. Uh, and someone's going to send me some, you know, like example of that. But, but uh, listen, I've read well over a hundred Star Wars books. And 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 until recently, none of them really had romance in them at all. Like, you know, if you're reading those early Timothy Zahn Thrawn books or you're reading Darth Plagueis, you're not you're not getting a romance subplot. And now I figure like every book, these last few books that I've all read, and it's one thing if you're doing the, you're calling your book The Princess and the Scoundrel. Like that is a romance. Did you book, read right? that by the way? Not yet. Uh, no. Not yet. But 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 these other because books he's anti -romance. are, are yeah. wedging it in. And but here's where the thought's going. They're wedging it in and it's awkward. But then I'm thinking they've clearly decided, listen, I guess, you know, our majority audience is, is female and they like the romance stuff. So let's put more romance in our Star Wars books. So it's clearly there's been a mission that they're doing this. Like the books are very different in that way. But here's the interesting thing that I think about is that like 
how pissed are they about the whole Anakin, a Jedi should not love thing? Because there's always a great workaround <laughs> whenever, because all these Jedis are longing for each other and they're like, they have to put some sort of like, but I thought a Jedi wasn't supposed to love. And then there's like an explanation why they can. And I just see them with their fists and they're like, damn you, Lucas, for putting in that whole plot about Anakin's love leading him to the dark side. And the thing is, there are a lot of Jedis in the books that are having sex, and they're just like, I have no attachment to this person. I'm just having sex. <laughs> it's okay, as long as there's no emotional attachment. Yeah, yeah no emotional attachment. Yeah, no. Dalton, yeah. were you the person who like watched Empire, and you were like, this movie would be perfect, except there's too much kissing in it. You're like the little kid in The Princess Bride, where you're like, oh, is this a kissing book? No, because it's like, that stuff is, I mean, it's you know, Empire is like, my, one of my three favorite movies, right? Ever. Uh, and mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the stuff with Han Solo and Leia is great. Like it's it's the way it's played, and like the we've talked about it so, like many times before. I have no issues with the stuff in there. It's funny. The chemistry is great. It works well. What I'm talking about is like it's being definitely wedged into stories that don't need it in all these books, and n- not necessarily in the most skillful fashion. I mean, like, literally, Devin, there's a passage in this book. I don't know why I'm going with this stupid book. He he literally is like, you can't fix me. He says the Jedi. And she's like, I'm not trying to fix you. And they have this whole back and forth about fixing him. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Ugh. It was totally a fine book. Okay. You know? it, it probably is. It probably is a yeah, fine book. Dalton is. just has no, a cold heart. No, we were like heart. sitting there arguing. And he's like, he's like, it's like, this book has a bad review. So I'm like, Dalton, it has four and like four and a half stars on 4. Amazon. 3. He's like, no, it doesn't. 4.3. You know, he's like, only 52% gave it five stars. And I'm like, yeah, low. and 30% gave it four stars. So that's 80% of people who are having this argument. And I'm in the shop, right? And the and the checkout person is like, would you like to pay? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just having this Star Wars <laughs> book argument. Uh, Dalton, you're somebody who's like five stars or bust. Like it's only good if it's five stars. Because I'm somebody who I like like I like to know what the what is the percentage on the five star rating on Amazon. Oh, see, I what is the percentage? (laughs) I don't trust five star reviews. I think five star reviews are like hyperbolic. I think that if if something has above a four, I'm like solid because I'm a big letterboxed person. Plug for letterboxed. Come follow me on letterboxd where you can all read read my brilliant thoughts about film. But yeah, I I take my (laughs) ratings very seriously. They're not for anybody else. They're just for me. But like if a movie gets a four, that's like a really solid movie. If a movie gets a five, that's like an empire strikes back. Like that to me is like, you know, so a a movie, a book that doesn't get a bunch of five star ratings, I don't think that's the uh, the, the condemnation you think it is. If you're on Amazon and you see a book, by the way, we're not being paid by Amazon to say yeah, this. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> please if you're on Amazon, us. Yeah, Give us money. Uh, please. <laughs> and if you see a book that has a 52% five-star rating and a book that has a 72% five-star rating, which is the book you're more likely to pick up? I think I'm going to – I care less about the percentages and more about the, the numbers. I don't know. I Well, I will, I will say the – I seven, really the, break se- it down. The 72% is – the Rising Storm, which is that second phase one book after Light of the Jedi, which I did start and is much better. So uh, truth and ratings on, on this one. Um, it is better and it's making me feel better about the whole sort of High Republic. I think I don't know if you've read that one, Lauren. That's the uh, second adult. I haven't. I, I own it, but I haven't started it. because yeah. I read about I read four High Republics in a row and then I was like, Take I have break. to go read something else for a while. So Take a break. I might get back to it. Yeah. Uh, you won't be hearing our producer, Sammy Junio, on today's uh, show because their voice is shot from going to medieval times. <laughs> yes. Uh, and cheering on their night, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully to victory. 
Um, and uh, Medieval Times is awesome. I've and, never uh, been. I've been to the Renaissance Fair oh, many times, but I'm dying to go to Medieval Times. I'm about to turn 30, and I'm like, what if I did my 30th birthday at Medieval Times? You should. You it's should. a good place. I've done, I did my husband's birthday at Medieval Times like 10 years ago, and we were going to do it again this year. And he's like, Argh. yeah, we, we, it's like, we've already done it. It's and the I'm best. just like, well, let's do it again. Yeah. You know, well, they've changed so. the show. We talked about this, didn't we? After I went around Thanksgiving, they've changed the show. It's a whole new show, uh, new storylines. So, uh, yeah, you should definitely go check it out. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to bring Emily in, in a second, but real quick. <laughs> Emily's like, what are you, like, what is, this is her Star first Wars podcast. And, and also like, medieval what are you times. crazy people talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yes. We'll get, we'll get her thoughts on convergence. <laughs> See how many stars she gets <laughs> it. Um, all right, Lauren, the Bad Batch real quickly. Uh, I think I watched the right episode this week. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? I love the fact that you accused me of watching the I wrong know, episode it's so good. Like, Lauren, you watched the and wrong episode. And it was ep- you. I know. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I know. You know. All right, well, listen, uh, real quickly, I'll tell you what I watched on the Bad Batch, and then you tell me okay, if it's the let's right see episode. see if it's the right one. Basically, mm-hmm. the team rescues some young Wookiee Jedi from some smugglers, and they bring them back to Kashyyyk, where they ve- then fight a gang of Trandoshans, who are like the giant lizard people, like like Bosk, mm-hmm. uh, who who by the way also show up in Convergence. <laughs> uh, they're much better here than in the book. Um, so, um, is it's that perfectly was, fine Star Wars? Book. Is that the right episode that I watched? Yes, that was. But okay. the Wookiee was Gunji, who we who we saw on the Clone Wars. It's not just oh, any Jedi Wookiee. It's Gunji. I didn't even put that yes. together. Um, he even says his name in it. Like <laughs> okay. they even say, like, what's his name? I was Gunji. half watching. Yes. I was riding yeah, my he's exercise not paying bike attention. at the time. Uh, of course. I don't know. It's always cool to go to Kashyyyk, right? Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I was glad to see Gunji uh, survived Order 66. Um, I also, you know, got to see uh, Wrecker fighting with Wookiees. And that was a fun thing that, I, you know, that I enjoyed. So I enjoyed this whole episode. And I liked going to Kashyyyk and, you know, glad to see Gunji survived. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, would have been being shot nicer if we could have been there mm-hmm. during Life Day or something. But uh, apparently, that was. Cool. I was going to say, you know. did you did you see any of Chewbacca's family? Was there any you know? Um, no mala, no no, no, no weird, no weird holograms, no. no none of that. No, 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 no starship performance <laughs> in this one, Mm-mm. unfortunately. Uh, no weird Diane Carroll sexy time dance. I know, it's now. so yeah. awkward, so awkward. <laughs> yeah. um, one last note, real quickly. Uh, Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor video game just got pushed back to April 28th. So, uh, bummer for all you gamers out there and people uh, unlike me with a PS5 that'll be able to play it. Um, so, uh, yeah, April 28th, new date on that. And if you missed it, go check out our chat. Uh, when it was a week or two back with Nick Romano, we talked about our favorite Star Wars video games and also had his interview with Cameron Monaghan, plays Cal Kestis in that game. Should be cool. All right, let's let's bring our guest in. Uh, Emlyn Travis has been here at EW for a while now. And she's a big Star Wars fan, and we've been waiting to bring her on the podcast. And she has a very controversial hot take about Jar Jar Binks that we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, but first off, Emlyn, welcome to the show. Hi. Good to have you. It's her podcasting welcome. debut, people. Oh my gosh, right? welcome. What a podcast for you to Thank join you. us on. Yeah, yeah. Are, have you scared out of the room after, after I just went ballistic <laughs> on some poor Star Wars author? No, I love it. This is great. Okay. Um, Emlyn is not just a fan of Star Wars. She uh, has a familial connection to the galaxy far, far away that I don't know if Lauren and Devin, if both of them know about. Uh, so Emlyn, tell us about that. 
I do. Um, my dad is a visual effects artist and supervisor at um, Industrial Light and Magic. No way. He's been oh, there cool. my entire life. Um, he literally like uses when I was born as like the test for um, how long he's been at the company because he's been there for a long time. Um, and so I've always just had a really strong connection to Star Wars literally since I was born. That now was That's he a, amazing. Was he a huge Star Wars fan when he started working there? Or has he become a fan from working there? Or is it a little bit of both? Huge original trilogy fan, both my mom and my dad. And so they definitely just raised us into it. And then luckily the prequels came out, you know, right when I was three. Phantom Menace came out when I was three. So I've just kind of been going along for the ride ever since. That is so cool. Did did you ever get to like, was there ever like a, you know, take your kids to work day or anything? Did you ever get to like go on the campus and just like walk around and check things out? Tell us about it. Yeah, um, I did every once in a while. Uh, if they would have kind of like a, a fun day, my dad would bring me along um, and just kind of let me look at all of the different kind of exhibits and art that they have along the walls and everything. But I didn't get to go as often as I would have liked to have gone. But even just seeing like the little Yoda statue is is a treat. God, I would have been like trying to get out of school every single day. I'm sick. You know, well, I have to <laughs> yeah, go to work. Well, I guess like, you're going to have to take go. me with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> So what kind of work does he do for for ILM? He is a visual effects artist, uh, a roto artist and supervisor. So he's just been working on lots of cool different things. I always used to say that he did the lightsabers and all the Star Wars movies. That's what I would boast to my friends about. That's like the coolest. That's the coolest possible thing. (laughs) (laughs) So how how does it work in terms of, does he just work on all the projects? Like, will he work on like all the the movies and the TV shows and just like, I don't know how they section off departments there, whether, okay, you guys are working on this show, you guys are working on this show, or is everyone working on everything kind of? I think everybody's working on a little bit of everything. Um, And so his projects kind of would just come through as they were uh, coming through. And so he, you know, is bouncing from different projects as they are. Uh, in progress, um, even with things outside of Star Wars and, and beyond. So is he working on like the Indiana Jones movie and stuff? Not currently. Oh, but does that mean he did? He worked on Crystal Skull. Oh. Ooh. We'll have to pull up his IMDb page. Oh I got that wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> so as if all that is not cool enough, Emlyn has an even cooler story about this because obviously she, her dad works at the company. And, um, you know, so they know when they you know need certain people for certain things. And I don't want to say too much. I'm one. I'll, I'll let you sort of tell, tell a story how you almost had an even bigger connection to Star Wars. Yes. Um, I was almost cast as an extra, um, as a kid in Attack of the Clones. It is that, <laughs> um, that scene where Yoda is teaching the younglings. Um, and Obi-Wan comes to visit. Oh I think they just kind of were looking you for You were almost a youngling? I was almost a youngling. Um, and it can almost <laughs> kill you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great. Um, uh-huh. it, uh, they were just looking for a couple extra kids. And so they put out like a, a call for parents if they wanted to bring their kids down. And my dad took me. And I don't totally remember a ton of it just because I was literally, I think, five um, when it happened, but they dressed me all up in the younglings outfit and they took a bunch of photos. Do you have of me. a photo of this? I do. And can we see it? Yes. Oh, I'd like to see I'll have that. To lo- I'll have to look okay. it up, but I do have one. Um, and then uh, I unfortunately did not get it, but I'm actually very okay with not getting it because obviously that means that somewhere in the galaxy far, far away, I am still alive. So- That's right. I like that. That's right. She was not <laughs> slaughtered during Order 66. 
Yeah. Although some people got out, so maybe there yeah. was a chance. That's the thing. But I mean, Gunji survived. You might, you know, you might yeah. be popping up on I don't know the Mandalorian or something like I don't know that that that, that might yeah. be a thing. My Obi Wan mm-hmm. debut <laughs> in season two. By, by the way, as we talk about people that like, have you ever noticed the longer and more like like Star Wars projects are? It seems like the worst job the clones did during Order 66. Like, it th- at yeah, first we thought it was just Obi-Wan. Then Yoda, and then there's Ahsoka, and Soka. now there's, like, just, like, everyone in all these books. Like, it's just, like, it's constant flow of people that sort of somehow yeah, avoid Order 66. Yeah, there's a fair amount of Jedi that have now have escaped their, you know. Look, the galaxy is a big place, you know. It's, it's you know, if somebody mm-hmm. was out doing a mission on, you know, some backwater planet somewhere, you know, there were no clones around. You know, you never know. Somebody could have. I, I guess the Perhaps the last Jedi is a bit troopers. of a misnomer. Um, yeah. There, there's a bunch yeah. of them running around. They're kind of everywhere. So, how far? Like when you auditioned, like you said, they put you in in the the outfit, the robes. I guess. Did they like actually do your hair up? Did they give you like the Padawan braid or anything like that? No, <laughs> I was just in like a little ponytail. I don't even think I was like fully cognizant of what was going on, <laughs> or how cool it would be later on. That is so awesome. Now, what happens when you watch the movie and you see that scene? And I see those other young ones. They got to be put in. Bastards. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, what did you do as a five year old to get this? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, where did my audition go wrong? Not that I did anything besides get dressed up, but um, I'm like, where where was my acting downfall? Was I too Mm. cool? Hard to tell. Lauren and Devin, if you could be like sort of an extra, like M1 almost was in any Star Wars scene. Like of the, you know, since, uh, say, you know, since the prequels. Ooh, what would it be? I don't know. I feel like it would be, I'm torn because on one hand, I would want to be recognizable and be like, oh, look, that's me. But on the other hand, I feel like it'd be really fun to wear a bunch of like weird prosthetics and be like a random alien mm. and like, I don't know, like a cantina scene somewhere or hanging out in Dexter Jester's diner or something like that. No, um, I probably stole Dalton's pick, but I don't know because I'm torn because on one hand, I would want to have like look human and be like, oh, look, that's me. But on the other hand, I, I would be like, yeah, give me some weird prosthetics and like a weird... I don't know, like a weird Naboo hairstyle or something. What about you guys? Lauren? I think I'd either want to be a rebellion pilot or just a Jedi in the background of like, you know, uh, you know, fighting and, you know, maybe the Battle of Genosis or something like that. Just, you know, you don't have to see me, too, my my lightsaber skills too closely, but I'm there. Or, you know, just one of the random female uh, rebellion pilots. That would be fun as well. So maybe you would have Scara. You would have been like hanging out with Sync. At the Battle of Geonosis. Remember, they were there and like they were going to be in the movie. Wa- I, I would not have particularly wanted to hang out with NSYNC. I would have preferred to hang out with like Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> or Ewan McGregor. Oh man, trust me, they, they would have had you with NSYNC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NSYNC was my first ever concert. So, yeah. no, really? really? Michael Jackson and the Victory Ooh, Tour was mine. I was at so. that show. That, that shows you how old I am. I was yeah. at that show. Yeah. I, um, mm. I, 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 I'm desperate to see that NSYNC footage. Like they filmed it. They filmed as Jedi Knights. And then there was such a, because his daughter was a big fan of NSYNC. And then there was such a, a, a pushback to it that they just like kept cut them out of the film. But it's there. Joey Fatone, Joey Fat One is there. He is in his, his Jedi garb. As crazy as that I'm is. I'm sure they have photos of it. It'll come out sometime. At some point. Yeah, but. I think I'd be, go Porkin style. Like just be like a Jedi pilot just being blown yeah. up. 
at some yeah. point, you Dr- know. Dramatic death yeah, at some point. Totally, you yeah, totally. I can't shake them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, there's sparks in your cockpit. <laughs> you could have a really good death scream. That's your audition is, like, uh, how good is your, like, yeah. death scream as you're being, like, exploded by a TIE fighter. Uh, Emily, we need to see the photos. Yes. That's absolutely That's amazing. So cool. We're all, like, remarkably jealous right now of this. Mm-hmm. Um but we're not done with Emlyn, not by not by a long shot. Um, she is going to profess her love for Jar Jar Banks, but I think we all need a moment to prepare ourselves <laughs> uh, and enter maybe a meditative Jedi state before that happens. So let's take a quick break, and we will get to all Jar Jar all the time right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back here on the Dagobah Dispatch uh, with our guest, Emlyn Travis, here from EW, who let it be known, well, one day sort of sitting here at the New York offices that, uh, you know, not only is she a huge Star Wars fan, her father works at ILM, and she almost uh, was uh, being uh, you know, taught by Master Yoda himself. But, you know, we all have these opinions for Star Wars, and we all have unpopular opinions. And uh, she revealed hers, which is that she has a particular love for one character that maybe doesn't get the love that your Princess Leia's and Han Solo's and Yoda's and Grogu's get. And that character is Jar Jar Binks. Uh, Emlyn, why don't you set the table for us and just sort of uh, give us your opening salvo here in terms of uh, what makes you such a big Jar Jar fan? I uh, just love Jar Jar, and I think more people should. Um, Again, I grew up literally with the prequels. Phantom Menace came out when I was three. And watching that film, as much as it is cranked up to 11, both in the script and and every bit of it, actually. um, But he was just like an immediate hit for me as a three-year-old watching that film. He is tall and silly and friend shaped <laughs> and he has like the most upbeat nature and he's just trying his best out there and i don't think he deserves hardly any of the criticism that he gets uh for just you know trying his little gungan best all the time <laughs> he is trying his gungan best that's for sure uh devin mm-hmm. you are you're the youngest of uh the the three of us hosting this podcast so you were closest to the, the you were sorry in that target audience what was your take on jar jar then and what's your take on jar jar yeah i think you and i are probably about the same age i think i was six when um when phantom menace came out and yeah i think you know i you know was like yeah sure why not like i, I was i was pro jar jar you know i think you know there's all those those interviews with with george lucas where he talks about you know like one of my favorites is, and Sammy, our producer, always shares it, where um, where it's it's George Lucas, like, behind the scenes, and he's saying something like, Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Jar Jar is like, the, you know, and I always think about that, Jar Jar is the key to all of this. But it's kind of true. I mean, he's, he's very much like the um, kind of 
comic relief of this this movie that um you know in many cases is is can be pretty dour um and you know i think as i've gotten older i think he like many people he he grates on me a little bit um but i, I do want to give a shout out to i think ahmed best the actor who plays him is actually fantastic mm-hmm. and like completely understands the assignment and like it like really like you know is is doing exactly what the script calls for um you know do i think it always works within the context of the larger story. No, could I have done with probably about 50% less Jar Jar throughout the entire trilogy? Yes. Uh, do I think it's absurd that he becomes a senator? Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm my my stance has softened on on Jar Jar a little bit. Um, as I think I think when I was like, you know, I, I as I got a little bit older, I was like, oh, he's so annoying. And now I'm like, you know what? I, I've learned I've learned to love the Jar Jar. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm nearly, I, I wouldn't go as far as Emlyn maybe, but, uh, you know, that's kind of, kind of where my, I, I shake out. What about you guys? Lauren, what's your take on Jar Jar then and now? Um, actually, I mean, I was 21 when the Phantom Manus came out just to establish this, I, you know, um, I remember when I watched the Phantom Menace overall being very disappointed, but being more honestly aggravated by Anakin and his yippee. <laughs> Then I was like, Jar Jar, whatever, he's fine. But Anakin and the Yippie, that just, Anakin just drove me nuts the entire film. Um, You know, and I I will say, going back to our discussion of Lego Star Wars, the Gungan world in Lego Star Wars, very Very fun to play. So that did, you know, it's a very cool world to play. But, you know, Jar Jar, I mean, Ahmed Best did what he was supposed to, you know, he did what George wanted him to do. And I always felt really bad that it was like, you know, he got so much blowback with it. And I know he's had, he had some rough times in the past and I'm, I'm glad he's, you know, uh, is, you know, it's flourishing now. And he was very fun as the host of the Jedi temple challenge, which is a one, se- one season, a uh, thing Lucasfilm did, but I enjoyed that. But yeah, like, you know, Jar Jar, I, when I watched it and since I was 21, I was like, this is probably like, kids are probably really enjoying this, but this isn't for me. And so at that time I was just like, yeah, you know, Jar Jar's not hitting it for me. But that Anakin kid's really getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, he was. So. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a bad thing, too. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I would say that I've got a lot of thoughts on Jar Jar. And one of the problems was is that, and I've said this over and over again, and I really do consider this to be true. I think that The Phantom Menace was the most anticipated film in the history of cinema. You cannot mm-hmm. overstate in 1999 after having 16 years of no new Star Wars, and we're not going to include the Ewok movies <laughs> and some of the other things, that the, the anticipation for this film, it was insane. And so you all know that your enjoyment of any anything is, is often so much based on the expectations you bring to it. There's no way those expectations could have been met. Yeah. There's no way. Empire Strikes Back couldn't have met those expectations. So that's part of the issue. Mm-mm. Um, as far as, as Jar Jar, I, I think that because, you know, my little kids, when they first watched it, they loved him, too. And I think that, you know, th- there's the argument he's, he's, he's for kids. He's made for kids. That's what he's made for. And I understand that. But why can't you make something that works on both levels? Why, like, yeah. like when, when C-3PO came out, and I'm not actually the biggest C-3PO fan in the world uh, either, but there was no adults complaining about C-3PO. Right, the Ewoks maybe, um, but you can have the Ewoks definitely. Yeah, I was not, People, and yeah. even as a kid, I wasn't very pro Ewok. But you can have comic relief 
that works for all ages. It is possible. Mm -hmm. And they just went fully for the kids. So I get why Emmeline really liked Jar Jar. And I get why Devin liked Jar Jar. But that's also the reason that Lauren, myself, and every adult in the audience did not like Jar Jar, right? Like you can't yeah. find someone that was an adult when they watched the film that was a huge Jar Jar fan, unless the, unless the argument was, well, I watched the movie with my kids and they thought he was hysterical and I like my kids to have fun, so I get it, right? Like that was a pathway to understanding the character a little more. But if you were just an adult who bought, and it wasn't being like cooler than thou, it was just, it's not a character that's meant to appeal to adults at all, which I think is an issue. I, I, I did a big story with Ahmad Best a decade ago. I spent a day with him and watched him do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he tried to get me on the mat. And I said, I'm not going to get my ass kicked by Jar Jar Banks. I'll just watch. <laughs> so, um, and I spoke, we spoke to Liam Neeson and Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor for the article. It was actually really interesting. They all, like, he was, he was the hit, hit on set. Everyone loved him. And I, you guys probably don't remember, but there was a big Rolling Stone cover with Jar Jar Binks yeah. because that was going to be the big breakout. It was this all CGI mm -hmm. character and oh my God, he's going to be the next big thing. And so again, hype and expectations. But but to what you all have said about the performance, I agree completely. He gave a good performance. He did the, 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 the assignment. Um, Ewan McGregor in the story I wrote told me, I didn't like any of the criticism that I heard. None of it should fall on Ahmed anyway. All the character choices and the idea to have Jar Jar Binks there in the first place was George's. If there's mm -hmm. any criticism, it shouldn't fall on Ahmed's shoulders because he did exactly what he was asked to do. He did it very well. He gave a great performance. I have no issues with um, that at all. And I agree. I mean, he did. He, it's not his fault. This isn't like Sofia Coppola in The Godfather 3. Right? Like, it's not. Love Sofia Coppola. Yeah. She's a great director, not an actress. Right. Yeah. I mean, her work in Phantom Menace was probably better than her work in Godfather 3. So she was fun. She was just in What We Do in the Shadows, and she had a couple she of was, funny lines. She was there, great there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. She, so, hey, Emily, like, I'm mm -hmm. curious, like, you know, you loved Jar Jar as a kid. Uh, as you've gotten older, you still love Jar Jar, right? Yeah. And I was, I will say, I was a little bit nervous rewatching the prequels for this podcast that I would watch it again and not enjoy his performance as an adult. But I still thought he was funny in the right places. Does he need to go as hard as he goes? I don't think he has to all the time, but I could still enjoy and embrace the like Jar Jar eccentric lifestyle that he brings. <laughs> I think he puts a lot of like really huh? fun kind of out of this, uh, kind of breaks up some scenes that feel a little bit slow moving with just some of his witty decisions and like eating apples during the dinner scene. Like, did he need to do it twice? I don't know. <laughs> but the first time was great. Um, and so I could appreciate, even as an adult, some of the the things he did and and why he was so charming to me as a kid. So then here's my question, because clearly after the reaction to Jar Jar in the first one, they toned like well he's barely i mean he's in attack of the clones a little bit he's a senator he's not yeah he's a senator right, and, yeah. and he does but the huge he basically gives palpatine all the power but he's not in the movie his screen time is greatly diminished he literally has one line i think it's while he's off screen in revenge of yeah, the sith he is just in not in that yeah, movie at all. Have much at all yeah he just says excuse me yeah and he doesn't even say excuse me i know <laughs> excuse, <laughs> me. excuse me 
Bacon powder? <laughs> um, so how do you feel about the fact that they sort of minimized uh, his presence in the, the other two films? I think it's really a huge bummer. And I think it's a loss to him and his character. I think if they wanted to kind of, I mean, it was obviously a reaction to how intense the like hatred of him was in the first one. But I think they could have toned him down in certain ways or maybe not have been as all over the place with him. Um, and kind of shown more of his growth. He didn't really get to grow or do anything fun. And in fact, then he like kind of inadvertently starts the Clone Wars <laughs> while he's just trying that was his sort of best. unfair that, th that they gave that to Jar Jar. Yeah, you know? they just pin that on him real quick while they're also just kind of removing him from scenes. Um, mm -hmm. And then it just it doesn't give him any kind of redemption arc or any kind of thing where, you know, he can maybe be like, I really regret even like a, a sentence in Revenge of the Sith mm. where he's like, oops, you know, I think would still have kind of humanized him a little bit or kind of been important. Yeah, he became the fall guy, essentially. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like yeah. reminds me of like Lost when everyone hated Nicky and Paulos and they gave him this incredible and death. And they killed just, him. Right, killed them with like mm -hmm. an incredible death just for the fans to enjoy. It's like basically, like, all right, we're just going to put everything on this dude. Um, and it would yeah. have been nice to to see some like here's the thing that's kind of like if you've got this goofy silly character it I agree Emlyn that it's more interesting if you can see them then have another side later and have some depth to them and they didn't really give the chance to show that at all. No, and I again I'm fully of the mind that he should never have been uh, uh, any kind of proxy or representative or allowed to give out uh, powers like that. Um, I think. Padme had known him for a decade and should have known that maybe he would not be a great crisis yeah. uh, manager. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, not defending his uh, Clone Wars decision, but I think it's hard. You would be hard pressed within the Star Wars universe to find a character who is just like naturally pure at heart and trying his best. I, I also would say in his defense for starting the Clone Wars, I mean, like, he wasn't the only one fooled by Palpatine, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. the entire oh, yeah. Jedi Order was getting yeah. was getting a snow job by this guy. You know, like, no one had any idea. They're all just getting used every single way possible. Though. I also think it's, like, kind of crappy of Padme to be like, mm, I'm gonna run off to Naboo and, like, <laughs> just, like, have sexy time by the fire with this weird hunky Jedi I knew 10 years ago. Um, and, yeah, just just Jar Jar, you can, like, figure out the politics stuff. Like, you can take care of it while I'm gone. Like, maybe not the best decision from Padme. I think I think she could have, you know, surely there, there had to be somebody else, you know. Um, but, I mean, she had she had all of her her handmaidens. Right. One of them could just have pretended that they Get were Rose her Byrne in there, or the Kira Knightley, or Sophia yeah. Coppola. You know, like one of them should have you know could could have easily cleaned up there. But um, no, yeah, and it's it's kind of they could have started the Clone Wars. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Rose Byrne was already dead at that point. Oh, wasn't I think she, didn't she I die think on Rose Byrne died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a very blown up. Kira Knightley survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though. She could have started the Clone Sophia Wars. Coppola. There you go. But um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I, you know, I um. I don't know. I, I'm my, I'm kind of Team Emlyn on this one. Like I, I think that part of the, you know, one of the things about when I think about Phantom Menace and like Attack of the Clones, like and all the things that like really rub me the wrong way. Jar Jar's not necessarily top of that list. Like you know, it's I think when you've got, especially when Phantom Menace is all about 
trade federations and politics and like, you know, embargoes and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you kind of need like a big goofy guy here to just like, you know, yeah. trip over his own feet and, and kind of lighten things up a little bit. Um, Devin, he's Devin, he's banned for being clumsy. <laughs> I mean, like he's literally that's I'm not like simple fight. That's. He's banned for being clumsy. That's the the reason given. I, I know, mean, but like, what like, did he again, do? I'm I'm so curious. You know, he like tripped over something and like inadvertently destroyed like a two thousand year old temple or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he made some blunder. He and and they were just like, "You're done. You're done." You know, for 1999, you know, I would say the the mocap performance and the the animation actually looks pretty darn good. Um, it doesn't always hold up like a hundred percent, but um, I think some of the Jar Jar animation holds up better than than some of the other animation and certainly in phantom menace um so yeah i think definitely better than the yoda yeah i think so i think so because it's it again it's a mocap mm-hmm. performance it's not a purely um yeah. cgi performance and i think that that kind of makes a difference um you know as far as like eye lines and and you know just sort of the the realism of it um so I don't know. I'm 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 kind of Team Emlyn on this one. I I don't think I would go so far as to call myself a Jar Jar fan, but I I think I think he's gotten in uh, uh, an unnecessary amount of hate, and I think um, justice for Jar Jar. But what I'm curious for you guys is, you know, when we when the the sequel trilogy was coming out, and now that we have some of these sort of like you know um, different projects, is people have been theorizing and questioning whether we could ever see the return of Jar Jar. There was a fun theory going around for a long time about Darth Jar Jar. Are we going to see, you know, him? Is, is he, <laughs> instead of somehow Palpatine returned, it's uh, somehow Jar Jar has become the Sith leader. Um, but would you guys ever want to see Jar Jar back? Would you ever want to get a, a Jar Jar redemption arc? I would I would love for um, at best to just get another shot in I mean and that's not necessarily pay, like you know playing Jar Jar but he could but like in one of the Star Wars shows yeah. like I would love to see him like having a, like a little bit of a live action role cuz it's like they were able to give like you know Hayden came in for a lot of hatred and you know they they brought him back for Obi-Wan and you know and 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 he, I think he did a great job. So I would love to see him get his, you know, another chance in the Star Wars well, world, it, it, you know, to to take on a character. It is funny because when I when I spoke with him um, for that mm-hmm. story, and he, you know, he did do some some voice work on Robot Chicken and the Clone Wars. But at first, yeah, he did the Clone but Wars. But he didn't do it at first. And he said, mm-hmm. he said, uh, a good friend of mine did Clone Wars before me as Jar Jar, and the internet went crazy. Everyone was trying to get Jar Jar out of Star Wars for so long. Now Clone Wars comes along and they're like, where is he? If we want to hate him, we want to hate the right guy. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of sweet. But he was, he had like, he had a couple of different arcs in the Clone Wars. Like I remember I was like, oh, we're in a Jar Jar arc. Okay. You know. It's, it, I, I agree. Listen, uh, listen, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I like the character because uh, I don't. I, I think the character was, again, I've, I've expressed my issues with the character. But I love the idea of redeeming a character that uh, uh, you either loved yeah. or that I, you know, some of us think didn't work. Uh, I love the I- idea of giving it more depth and, and trying to turn that around. It, it the other the interesting thing to t- when I talked with Ahmad is that he, you know, he what was it really was a, a sad story. I mean, this is a guy mm-hmm. who was a massive Star Wars fan, as he told me, he had the blankets, the sheets, the curtains, and then he gets cast as a main lead character 
in, like I said, the most anticipated movie ever in Star Wars. It should have been a huge break for I him. Mean, and it I mean, just... and then, but then, but then first you get all this hate. Like everyone is focusing yeah. all their hate on you, which is just terrible. And then it didn't really become the launch pad for him. I think that's the, that is the one thing that he was still very upset about when I spoke to him about. Um, this is a quote from the story I did with him. I thought it was going to be the beginning of a blossoming career, and it never really turned out that way. The doors I wanted to open didn't really open. I didn't get the credit as an actor as you do now, like when Andy Serkis did his thing for Gollum. It's almost as mm -hmm. if what I did didn't exist. He has gone on to be the first call when it comes to movies like this. He did King Kong, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Same thing with Avatar. When Zoe Saldana and Sam Worthington do Avatar, they get above the title. And they're pretty much doing what I did, which I originated. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, no, he isn't. He's not wrong. And like, you know, he did that and then was totally forgotten as that field kind of exploded. As someone that has experience doing this, that is very physical. He got the job from Star Wars when he was seen in Stomp um, and can do all that stuff and just still never really got the chance because, you know, who wanted like from the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, like in their, you know, in their movie yeah. trailer. It's, it's, you know, it's too bad. Yeah, and I think he's incredibly talented. And I think the performance he gives is, is again, it's he understood the assignment. I think any issues that people have with yeah. Jar Jar, that's, that's on George. Um, that's definitely not so, on, yeah. on Ahmed. So let's do this. Emlyn is a huge Star Wars fan. Emlyn is a huge Jar Jar fan. We're talking about bringing Jar Jar back. Set the scene. How should Jar Jar come back to the Star Wars world? What, sh what show should it be on or movie or how do you want his role? What do you want him to do? Just tell me how you would like to see him back in this world or galaxy as it were. Um, well, Lauren mentioned The Mandalorian, which I think could be a mm -hmm. fun moment to see him in. But I kind of was hoping that we would see him reunite with his BFF, Obi, in season two of Obi-Wan. <laughs> I think it would be fun. He doesn't have to be there all the time. I know people are still very divisive when it comes to their Jar Jar love or their Jar Jar hatred. Um, but I feel like even just a singular episode where we could see him and he could just kind of talk to Obi-Wan and maybe kind of reflect on the things that he's done, I think canonically, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think when we last see him, he's like a street performer. Like he's been like banished again and is kind of just like hanging out alone. And that seems like such a terrible place to leave a character who united the Gungans and the people of Naboo um, and did a lot of good stuff too along the way. He just uh, was, you know, ultimately just so uh, reviled, I guess, that it just didn't come to fruition. I love it. I love the idea. And like, you know, who knows we'll ever even get a season two of Obi-Wan. But I, why I love the idea, Emlyn, is because Obi-Wan uh, and Qui-Gon are the first one that meet him, right? Yeah. That is literally, let's bring it full circle. So to have mm -hmm. him meet up with Obi-Wan again, and I think you're 100% right, a little goes a long way. Like we don't need like a whole like giant Jar Jar backstory episode. Uh, but but having a one key scene, like one big key scene where he seeks out Jar Jar for help or, or what have what have you. I think that'd be awesome. What do you think about that idea? Deb? Yeah, I would love to see him. You know, it's kind of like how Bail Organa popped up in, in the first season of Obi-Wan where he was just mm -hmm. there a couple times. You know, he had a couple conversations with with um, with Obi-Wan, but he was sort of a kind of in the background. I was like, I, I think that would be a super that would make total sense. Um, but yeah, I also kind of love the idea of him popping up on somewhere totally unexpected, like the Mandalorian or, or like, I don't know, him and baby. Yoda, I think would be 
hilarious. Um, yeah. So I think they would, I don't know, they would bond over frogs or something. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I am, I'm pro Jar Jar redemption arc. I would love to see him return somewhere. Cause I'm not sure what, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not quite sure kind of where his, his canon story kind of, kind of ends. Like what I think it's kind of left. It's, it's definitely left as a little bit of a loose end. He doesn't have like a definitive, you know, kind of ending to his story. So I, I'd be curious to see if he, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him pop up at some point. I, w- I would, I, I think it's a bit of a long shot, but I, I would be, I, I think that would be nice. Listen, if Howard the Duck is showing up in Marvel properties again in tag scenes, <laughs> yeah, right? Like if Howard the Duck, which is literally the only movie in my life in a theater that I've walked really? out of. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> only one. And everyone else was walking out. I was like, I don't walk out of movies. I was a little kid at the time. And then she said something like, Leah Tom's like, oh, Howard, you must have come from a very hard-boiled egg. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> that was the breaking gone. <laughs> that was it. Uh, what, what about you for you, Lauren? You want to see Jar Jar again? If so, how? Yeah, sure. I mean, anywhere. I mean, there's yeah, a bunch of different places. Yeah, sure. No, but I mean, there's so many different places he could enter the, you know, I mean, you know, he could really show up anywhere. So maybe not um, Andor. I don't think he would fit in very well with Andor. No, Andor, I don't think he would fit in Andor. Um, but, you know, I mean, it would be funny to see him with Baby Yoda and him to see, uh, you know, I would love to see him and Amy Sedaris oh my in the scene. I think that would be that would be very funny. That is pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, that but would I be like, pretty funny. This mm. character is nowhere. I mean, like th- th- he's not even in any of the books. I feel. I mean, freaking Phasma yeah. got her own book. Okay, like Phasma yeah. has her own book, and Jar Jar doesn't even get mentioned in any of the books. And I realize writing Gungan dialogue over three hundred pages is going to be yeah. a little I short. Mean, I kind but of doesn't feel like- show up as like a side character. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, you know, it'd be hard for a Gungan maybe to survive on Tatooine because that's a pretty dry planet and they're, you know, a pretty wet species. But I I, I mean, anywhere would be I I would love to see him. I'd love to see Amon Best get a chance. So, I mean, I don't know with like Skeleton Crew or I mean, there's so many different options uh, that they could stick him in, uh, I think, or they could stick him in the Bad Batch because, I mean, he's canonically that would be right around the time that we've already seen him. So. You know, for, Bad Batch season three. Who knows? For, for, so. I mean, I think from a strictly just like marketing and promotion standpoint, like the amount of attention mm-hmm. it would get if it, they brought Jar Jar oh, back yeah. in a live action, like the amount yeah. of like articles and like everything that would happen around that just like yeah. makes so much sense. Oh, my God. Yes. Like yeah. I, I was so fascinating yeah. to be at Star Wars Celebration and see you know, uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen walk out together. And obviously it's Star Wars Celebration. It's a huge amount of Star Wars fans. But right. um, I, I talked mm-hmm. to both of them and they were both really overwhelmed by the amount of love that that they got. Because, you know, I mean, I, their, their performances weren't as, you know, controversial as, as Jar Jar. Um, but certainly there was this, a tremendous amount of controversy, especially around Hayden Christensen's performance, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Hayden, and, really. and and for them, and, and they said exactly that, there's this entire generation of new Star Wars fans who were three years old, who were six years old when The Phantom Menace came out. Um, and to them, that is their, you know, that is their childhood. Um, and so, and now those people are, you know, 20 years or 20 years older and are having kids themselves. And so I, I think there's a, it, it's kind of fascinating as sort of this new generation of, of Star Wars fans has has kind of learned to embrace the the prequel trilogies, kind of, you know, warts and all, um, Jar Jar and all. Um, and so I, I would be really curious. I think, I think if they were to bring Jar Jar back, I think it would be 
I think I think you would be surprised by how many people would would be thrilled and and that would be a huge nostalgia hit for them um because I think just anecdotally there's a there's a ton Emlyn is not the only one <laughs> logistically there must be there another there must be another <laughs> <laughs> um well uh I don't know. Like, you know, maybe it's just like a buddy comedy with Jar Jar and uh, and General Tarple. I don't know what it is. Emlyn, did this was did you like get off easier than you thought you would as part of this conversation? Were you a little worried about the reaction you were going to get with your Jar Jar love? No, I'm. I was going to defend him regardless of uh, general <laughs> reaction. But I am happy to hear that other people will also believe that he deserves another turnaround just to kind of see how he's grown and changed. Yeah, I mean, I think I, listen, I think like I th- we all agree he worked well for kids. Yeah. I mean, whether you're a kid or whether you have kids, kids like like Jar Jar and it would have been nicer if they had a a a character that could have worked on both levels. Um and but I I I I love the idea of bringing him back. I love the idea of, of Redeem. I don't think he needs his own Disney Plus series, but like, you know, let's <laughs> just Jar Jar coming this fall. On Disney start, Plus. Yeah, let's just start with some <laughs> some baby steps, right? Uh before we send him back down into the core. <laughs> All right. Um Emlyn, thank you for being here. I know you got to get back to work as well um as we all do, but that was awesome. Um Misa thinks it's time to go, uh, but before you go, please do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends about the podcast, and if you've not rated and reviewed the podcast, please do so. We would really appreciate that. You can also connect with us directly on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag us and follow us individually using at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, at Morglore, and at Emlyn Travis. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>